Welcome to IB Talk, the leading podcast for the insurance industry across Australia, New Zealand, and throughout the Asia Pacific region. Brought to you by Insurance Business. Hello, and welcome back to IB Talk. I'm Danny Wood, News Editor of Insurance Business Australia. This episode is presented in partnership with Hunter Premium Funding, a specialist provider of premium funding across Australia and New Zealand. We're looking at the significance of insurance premium funding in today's economic climate and how it can enable SMEs to unlock cash flow. We have Brad Bartlam, CEO of Hunter Premium Funding. Hi, Brad. Hey, Danny. How are you? Yeah, good, thanks. And we also have Hunter Premium Funding CFO, Bo Goodyear. Hi, Bo. Hi, Danny. G'day. Um, well, Brad, let's start with you. Can can you start by providing just a working definition of premium funding? Sure, Danny. Look, I think in its broadest definition, it's a working capital product that, that allows businesses to finance their insurance premiums without the exposure um, of collateral or director's guarantees, which you often find in, in other loans. Um, over the past 10 years, Premium funding industry has, you know, it's become or premium funding has become an increasingly popular alternative to, you know, bank and other credit facilities for customers to actually pay their insurance premium. So that's a that that's at its broadest, I think, the definition of what premium funding is. And Brad, your company's been in this insurance space for nearly fifty years. Can you just give us a, a very brief overview of your company history? Yes. Well, I haven't been here for all of those fifty years. Um, <laughs> But uh, but yes, um, you know we we have been in business for a long time, and over that time, Hunter has grown to be the largest premium funder in in Australasia. You know we've weathered recessions, um, the global economic crisis, pandemics, and you know lots of regulatory change. And um, you know I think our brand stands for consistency and trust. You know, and with an ambition to always be ready for today while preparing for you know um, the future challenges and opportunities of tomorrow. And Brad, what range of customers do you currently serve? Look, it's changed over the years. You know, premium funding used to be a product of last resort. It used to be a product where, you know, where customers who couldn't couldn't pay their insurance premiums, you know, would take out take out this product as a as a cash flow product. You know, so we're typically, you know, micro SME customers. But now now the, the product is is growing more into yes, we still do micro and, and SMEs businesses, but right through now to the largest companies uh, in Australia and New Zealand. Let's bring you into the conversation, Bo. What emerging risks are you seeing in this economic climate? I think these risks are probably no surprise, but the cost of living pressures and increasing interest rates are central to every conversation that's being had today. Turn on the TV, read a newspaper, central banks, politics, or even the social barbecue. The outcome of talking about these consequences in the economic climate is there's genuine concerns of the re-emergence of both credit risk and interest rate risk. And how do you see this economic situation unfolding in the coming months? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, as the economy has rebounded out of COVID, the predicted zombie cliff of insolvencies didn't materialise. Um, that being said, though, as time continues to pass, that level of economic deterioration is growing. Within Hunter's portfolio, we're seeing an increasing level of loan default and insolvency stats reported by ASIC are also increasing. And just for a measure of comparability, the 2022 financial year results have almost been exceeded in the first nine months of 2023. Mm, that's, a, that's a striking example. Can you, can you give, a, give a, I guess, a, a concrete example of how economic pressures are 
constraining cash flow, particularly for SMEs? Yeah, absolutely. And I think a lot of this links back to how businesses are managing in a post-COVID trading environment. One of the number one features of COVID was supply chain disruptions. Obviously, with all the trading halts and restrictions and so on, those supply chains actually haven't recovered today. And what that has meant is that a lot of businesses are purchasing an increased level of inventory and they've returned to a concept account it's called just-in-case inventory management. What that means is that businesses have got so much more cash tied up in stock and the business cash flow cycle or the days that it takes to turn raw materials into cash has increased. If you combine this with increased labor costs, the um, energy crisis, the geopolitical environment, cash flow is under pressure from a number of different fronts at the moment. So, Bo, how does premium funding work in here to alleviate cash flow pressures? It's actually the perfect tool for cash flow alleviation. Insurance premiums represent a significant annual operating expenditure item for businesses. And premium funding provides an opportunity for businesses to spread this cost over monthly installments, streamlining cash flow and providing a working capital buffer for the business. I'm I'm sure some brokers and their customers listening to this are wary of premium funding being possibly a short-term fix that will lead them to paying back more money over the long term. How do you answer that concern, Brad? Look, I'm not sure that is a concern anymore um, because, you know, look, any business decision has trade-offs, all right? So utilizing premium funding to pay for insurance premiums is no different. The consideration is the cost of financing versus the cost of reinvesting. So if I just refer back to what Bo just said, Bo's example of holding additional inventory to overcome supply chain disruptions, utilizing premium funding frees up cash flow that can be reinvested to overcome, you know, some of those operating risks, you know, such as the supply chain disruptions that he spoke about. I understand, Brad, that the, the premium funding code of practice was implemented in October last year. Why do you think industry codes are important and why are only two funders accredited? I'll, I'll, that's a two-part question, so I'll, I'll do the first one first. It's, look, you know, I, I firstly think that industry self-regulation is is really important and, you know, and all strong industries benefit from a code of practice and the insurance premium funding industry is is no different. I so say, to put it simply, I think well-developed codes enable good industry practice by setting guidelines for, for fair dealing. A lot of the talk about fair dealing or you know best customer outcomes. So it's fair dealing between ourselves and our customers. And if I think about you know what happened before that, so before the establishment of the of the code, there was no premium funding industry consistency or benchmarking on important issues like things like customer disclosure, transparency, and hardship and complaint provisions. And and just quite current at the moment, you know, you'll see the current buy now, pay later changes that are actually in the in the press at the moment. Um, are good examples of, you know, the value that government places on strong industry codes. And I think it's a call to action for the for the entire market to become compliant. So moving on from that, just as some background, the Insurance Premium Funding Working Group was formed in March 2019. This group worked closely with the Australian Financial Industry Association, industry representatives, um, and other key stakeholders, uh, importantly, including um, regulators, to agree on this, this new code of practice to ensure that we had appropriate governance, code monitoring, and, and oversight, um, which we didn't have before. 
And this resulted in the code, as you said in your question, being implemented in October 2022. So, so in part B, your question as to why there's only two of those, I understand there's a third, um, there's a third funder that's is actually in the final stages of accreditation. So shortly there will be be three. But but you're correct. There 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 are there are some premium funders that are not yet compliant. Um, and so why they're not compliant some eight months after the code implementation date is probably a question that is best put to them. But our view is that the premium funding industry made a commitment to key stakeholders, including those regulators I spoke about, that it would self-regulate as agreed by the as as agreed by the working group. Finally, Bo, what's your message to brokers and customers who are considering funding their insurance premiums? I think a product like premium funding allows the customer to be prepared for today and ready for tomorrow. You know, with further economic deterioration and uncertainty on the horizon, premium funding provides that diversified source of credit without the need of collateral or director guarantees. What this means is businesses can obtain the cover they need without the exposure of traditional lending instruments. And having that safety net's always something of importance in decision-making, particularly in times of uncertainty. And Brad, what's your message? Well, I think brokers now have a real choice between premium funders that are co-compliant or not. Um, and this decision can potentially have a real impact on customer outcomes, particularly around you know transparent hardship provisions that customers, I think, will increasingly lean upon during these times of uncertainty. Brad and Bo, thanks for discussing insurance premium funding with IB Talk. Thanks, Danny. Thanks for the opportunity. Thanks, Danny. Brad Bartlam is CEO of Hunter Premium Funding. Bo Goodyear is the company's CFO. This episode of IB Talk was presented in partnership with Hunter Premium Funding. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to IB Talk. For the latest episodes, be sure to follow us on SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Apple Podcasts. Thank you.